David Spada is a successful attorney whose dream was to become a sports talk show host. Elliot Harris is a Chicago sports columnist who wanted to expand his media presence. In the next hour, they combine their talents and love of sports and women by interviewing former professional athletes and lovely ladies on sports and torts. But keeping the boys out of trouble isn't always easy because when David and Elliot are together, they have more fun than should be legal. Welcome to another edition of Sports and Torts on TalkZone.com with co-hosts David Spada and Elliot Harris. David is not in the studio today, so that must mean I'm Elliot Harris. We have a jam-packed show today, a couple of great interviews. So let's get to the first one with former Olympic swimmer, gold medalist, and a mama two young kids, Summer Sanders. So I, that must mean you're David Spada. That means the guy holding the camera is Elliot Harris, right? I feel like somewhere outside today, though. The voice behind the camera. The voice. I, I can't always bring summer. Wait, you brought but great sun, weather. Right? Okay. It's Don't complain. The- there's no snow. There's no rain. The sun is shining. The positives. And you know what it's great weather for? Let me think. Uh-huh. Uh, a form of exercise that would involve... I'm trying to envision it Two now. Wheels, Two wheels, some spokes, some pedals, ha- handlebars, a seat. Yes, all of that. Would that be a bicycle? That'd be a bicycle. Today is is where I get the privilege of bringing Helmets on Heads, which is an initiative um, with Schwinn in partnership with Think First, which is the National Injury Prevention Foundation, um, to remind kids of all ages. The importance of wearing a helmet, because we really do. I mean, I admit it myself. There are times as a parent where I'm like, oh, well, I'm just going to ride around the block with the kids. I don't need a helmet. But we send a very strong message, parents, when we don't wear a helmet, even on those short rides, because you have no idea when the accident might happen. And there's no more important thing to protect than your head. It's just that brain inside is so fragile and delicate. Now, did they help even people who were bounced on their head when they were young? <laughs> that I can't help you with. Oh. The damage that's already done. But that, let's not make it any worse. That, that explains a lot. <laughs> she sounds like my kids, because when I ride on the trails with them, they have their helmets on. Dad, put your helmet on. I said, I'm fine. i got a head on. Dad, you got to wear your helmet. You should always wear your helmet. You, <laughs> you haven't explained to them there's nothing inside that could get damaged? <laughs> I tired to tell them, because when I was a kid, no one wore helmets. I don't they didn't have helmets. No, we didn't have helmets back then. We didn't have car seats. You didn't have to wear your seatbelt. There's a laundry list of things that we didn't have to do, but I always say as a parent, actions speak louder than words. And I say that in every department. Um, and I'm nowhere near perfect as a parent, but I try to lead by example with exercise, lead by example with nutrition, and lead by example with safety. And something that's so easy, and that's why think first is is really the message here. It just takes two seconds. Think first before getting on your bike. Just two seconds, clip your helmet on, and then go off and have fun with your friends. So do you think all these X-game type sports where, where they do wear helmets and stuff like that and padding helps youngsters realize that it's not uncool, that it, that it, it you can still be cool when you have that stuff on your head and that sort of the body parts? Elliot, I think that's a great point. I do think it has a positive effect on young kids. But the difference is, is that high school students who are just biking around the neighborhood, they don't associate that kind of biking with 
an accident that could be catastrophic. They associate the extreme biking or the extreme skateboarding with the need for a helmet. And, and there's actually been research that says that up to up to 80%, 80 plus, sometimes 90% of high school students are not wearing helmets. And it's, it's just a problem because we teach it to them when they're younger. They sort of listen to their parents up until, until a certain age. And then they get to the point, kind of like with, with the students that we were with today, who are 11 and 12 years old, and they get to the point where they are making their own decisions and they're influenced by their peers. And that's when we hope that they break through and they make that good decision. Because they, you don't want them to learn by example. I'm fine with them learning by example, not wearing their coat. Like I'll say, you need a coat. No, I don't. Fine. You go out, you'll realize you need a coat, and you'll come back and get it. The helmet is just a different situation. I don't want them to learn by example. How did you get involved with this organization? I, I'm like everybody else. I remember my first ticket to ride, my first moment of freedom on my bicycle. It was a Schwinn. It was a banana seat, high bars, it was pink with some flowers on it. It was that moment when I turned around and said, Dad, you can let go, you can let go, and I realized he's a block and a half away. I'll never, <laughs> ever Dad, that Dad. feeling. So and you weren't the kind that says, don't let go, don't let go, don't let go. In the beginning, I kind of was, like, hold on to me. And then I was like, okay, now I think you can let go, because I felt like I had it. Well, I'd had it for about a block, and that was, it was such a special moment. And now as a parent... Um, That's what. That's my life. It's my every day was experiencing new milestones, and the biggest one so far for my kids who are four and six was that first moment where they rode their bike. And and now it's it's so similar to swimming. Once you learn to swim, you have it forever, and it's just like riding a bike. It's that saying of once you have that skill, you can do it forever. My mom bikes with my son, so I've got grandparents biking with grandkids. It's a fun activity we can all do together. Do you race your kids biking? Do I race them? Yes. yes. What are you kidding? Totally. Race down the block. I can't beat my son. What do you do? Give him a half-length head start? No, no, no. I'm not kidding you. My son, he's four. He started biking with no training wheels when he was two and a half. And he just took off. He wasn't one of those kids. He was not one of those kids that said, hold on, hold on. He Literally, my husband just went like that, and Spider started biking along. And then... My husband didn't know what to do, so he's like, I should just run alongside of him. So Spider goes, Dad, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? And Eric said, well, it's just in case you fall, buddy. I just want to be here. And he goes, no, no, no. If I fall, I'll just do this. And he puts his foot down. Two and a half. And we thought, okay, we need to have a really good helmet for this kid. Because I used to fall for the grass. My mom would say, aim for the grass. Oh, that's funny. And put your hands in front of your face, because anything could be fixed, but your face, that's expensive. <laughs> Really what she, said. she did. Or that, fall on your butt. So that, that explains all the grass stains on one side of your head? Exactly. <laughs> That's really fun. I feel like every time you think about biking, it's it's similar to swimming in a sense also, where you, like you're revisiting your youth. You know, it's that feeling, even with the helmet on, the wind blowing in your hair and... Um, you know, how, yeah, right. Well, there you go. Yes. The wind blowing in where your hair used to be. Um, but no, it's that, and it's how far you can travel. And I just, I do remember that sense of adventure when I was on my bike, and I feel it now as an older kid. As an older kid with two younger kids, how do you reconcile being a parent and not wanting them to skin their knee, but realizing everybody skins their knee? I know. I've had to learn that, actually. Um, and I learned that from my son at the skateboard park, where I took him. He was It was probably last year, so it was three. And he was skating around. He had all the pads on. I mean, knee pads, elbow pads, helmet, 
the um, uh, gloves for his hands. And he kept falling. And, and when you fall on your skateboard, it happens so fast and it seems so violent. So every time he'd fall, I'd sort of gasp and say, are you okay? And so probably like the fifth time that he fell, he turned around and yelled at me and said, stop asking me if I'm okay. And he stormed off. And I, I thought for a second, oh, wait a second. Hold on. Like, I have to back up my concern and let him learn from it and figure it out. And I even talked to my husband afterwards, and he's like, oh, yeah, not cool to ask if he's okay at the skate park. I'm like, I didn't know. There's no handbook. Like, your husband never, you know, does things that the kids would complain about, right? No, my husband is a three-time Olympic skier. So he's the kid that was in the emergency room 20 times before the age of 10. He's the daredevil of the family, and I, I feel like my son got a bit of that. And I was not. I, I was in melted, melted snow, melted ice. I was floating yeah. around in water. The worst I did was one time I slipped and fell on the pool deck, and I bonked my tooth. And the other time I hit my head when I wasn't paying attention. So there's not a lot you can do. Unless yeah. you're on the diving board with the high dive. Diving is a different situation. Yeah. Was that Greg Luganis is the one who did yeah. that? Yes, 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 yes. And there's, there's actually, like, on a serious side, when it comes to swimming, there there are serious injuries that have happened in the swim pool and when I've been there and people diving in when it's too shallow. and So all of those things should be respected, absolutely. But overall, compared to downhill ski racing, <laughs> you would think your, You would think your husband would have enough trips to the emergency room already. It's, it, that's not the sort of legacy I think we as parents no. want, to, <laughs> want no. to pass on. I, I, what's so cool about kids that want to try things and that sort of push our comfort zone as parents um, is, is watching them and sharing with them what they can and can't do. So, so maybe extending the limits a bit more than, than you would. Because when you do think back to when we were kids, we didn't have all these concerns. Our parents really let us do almost anything we wanted to as long as we came back when we called, we were called right. in at dinner time. How much trouble could you get into? Right? Oh, so right. we thought. But now we're just, we know so much more about what could happen. So I try to balance that. I'm, I definitely try to keep myself in check and because I know it's just ingrained in my kids to try these things. The, and the most important thing, and, I, and I'm not making this up because I've, I spoke to my pediatrician about it, when, when not trying to put out the flame of that passion of wanting to be aggressive and try different sports, um, the most important thing she said to do was to protect her head. Just protect their head. So, my, I mean, if my kid's climbing a tree, he wears a helmet. It's just it's the most important thing in our household. So if your son says at age seven or whatever, I want to play football? I know. That's a different story. Actually, my, my husband uh, was not allowed to play football. His, his dad said no football. And he was a football coach and a football player. But he just felt like football was out of it. I don't know what we would do. I love football. I love it so much. But, yeah, it's a concern because of all of the injuries. The cool thing about this program is um, you can go to Helmets on Head, helmetsonheads.org. There so it is, right there. Head is upside down like the A. This is the that, That's the brain? Do you get it? Oh. There you go, right? So, limbo. Yes. So, uh, helmetsonheads.org, and you can learn everything you need to know about properly fitting your bike helmet. I say this to parents all the time. When it comes to your helmet, it's the one thing that you don't want to buy too big for your kid to grow into. Be prepared to replace the helmet 
every year, every two years, whenever your kid's head starts growing. But you don't want you don't want it to be shaken around and moving all around. So if that means they need to invest in a helmet every year, it's a really important investment. It's not a one size fits all. Yeah, I mean they're much better. You can loosen them up, but right. you don't want to see it way too big. You want it vented. Otherwise, you get hacked with those vents on top. Yeah. Like the, what, bells, one of the helmets I know. You can dress your helmet up however you like. You can I could bedazzle it. On it. You can bedazzle it. Totally. Yep. Now they have like cool like socks or sleeves that you can put over your helmet that have nice spiky mohawks. I mean. Kind of like the swim caps. Whatever you want to do. Did you bring your bedazzler with you today? I didn't bring my bedazzler. Oh, not today? Okay. But Otherwise, we would. Who do you guys cheer? Your sports talk show. Who do you guys cheer for? When I mean, you have red so- or white socks and the Cubs. 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 Is it a neighborhood thing in, sh- in Chicago or it, what is it? It tends to be geographical. Okay. North side tends to be Kenzie White Sox, but there's always people on the north rooting for the Sox and people on the south rooting for the Cubs, and some people actually root for both teams. Who do you root for? Um, Baseball-wise, I'm from Northern California, so I cheer for the Giants. Um, Why not the A's? I don't know. It's just Giants and Niners. Those were my teams growing up. Um, Not the Raiders? Not the Raiders. I was a Niners fan. Where I grew up was literally... Where I swam was where the Niners had their summer camp. Okay. So, no, it's in uh, Roseville, California. Actually, now, it's, well, there, it's like Rockland, Roseville, I don't know if you know. Huge, huge towns now. Montana uh, fan? Uh, yes, Joe Montana, Steve Young. It was like, you know, Jerry Rice. Have you met um, any of Tom them? Rathman was my favorite player, fullback, Nebraska boy. Romanowski? Uh, no, not a Romanowski. He was Broncos. <laughs> Who was it the Raiders for? But she's a Niners. She's a Niners fan. 49ers for a while. He was. Ronnie Lott. Okay, Ronnie Lott. Yes, Ronnie Lott. But now uh, I married my husband, who's from Hamburg, New York, which is just outside of Buffalo. So I agreed to be a Bills fan, and it's been heartbreaking, but awesome. Great fans. Great fan. And I went back there for a game. And it's been amazing. But talking about your Bears, I have Chicago defense on a few of my fantasy teams, and I'm just going to say. You're kicking. Not bad. They're not getting bad. older, but they're doing well. They're doing great. I got 25 points from them, like, a few weeks back. Maybe it was just that. Could, could have been this Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of getting older, rumor has it that you're turning 40 October 13th. October 13th. This is true. How did that happen? I know. We're going to time it Really? I know. I, it doesn't make sense to me. But it's true, uh, 40, and I'm, I'm actually thrilled. I'm so excited. I don't know. It's a, it, to me, it's just I'm proud of the number. I'm proud of it. I'm not scared of it. It's funny, though, because I, I really distinctly remember when my parents turned 40. And I remember at that stage of life, I felt like that was really old. So hopefully my kids don't look at me and go, oh, you're so old. You're 40. Well, you gain much more, I think, perspective and insight as as you turn forty. Well, right? I'm smarter in a few days. Oh, That's I, be I awesome. don't know. I don't know if you could be, <laughs> but you know, if it's possible, you will be. Maybe I'll be more of a smart Alec. That that could help. Yes. That could help. Is that possible too? I don't think so. My, you know, my family would say no. <laughs> what did you think of this year's Olympics with the swimmers? Amazing. Did you guys watch it? I did. Yeah, I was there. I was lucky enough to be working. It. I was there for Yahoo. And I was there every single night for finals. It was it was amazing on every level. I, I felt like it was the perfect ending to what, what is what was really probably a storybook career for Michael Phelps. Just an amazing career. And the way it started out with a, a 
fourth place in his first event, the 400 IM, and everyone thought, oh no, we're not going to see our hero excel at these games. And then he brings it back race after race, you know, the disappointment in the relay, but then he anchors the relay and gets his 19th medal. And, and then it was just gold from there on out. I, he couldn't have written it any better. You got to see so many sides of him and the way he's grown up in sports. I, I was so impressed. But then on the women's side, Missy Franklin and Katie Ledecky were just were brilliant. They were um, inspiring, motivating. And I, I look at those two girls and I see the future of not just women's swimming, but all of USA swimming. Now, we had Dara Torres, who's a little bit older than you. So is it time for a Summer Sanders comeback? And I'm not just saying this. I like the position that I'm in, and that position is in the stands, cheering. I'm a really good cheerer. I can cheer on Team USA forever. It's I cherish my time that I had as an Olympian in the pool, and I, I cherish every moment of that now. There's, there's nothing missing from my swimming career. I, I really did love every second of it. So no decathlon? So you're mentioning biking and swimming? No, but I ran the Chicago Marathon last year. How'd you I've gotten do it? into running. I did, I did a triathlon two summers ago. I'll do another one of those. Is that what keeps you in shape? You're obviously still in shape. Yeah, I like to work out. I love it. And running has... Always, I worked for the NBA for about 10 years. I was traveling so much. So every NBA city is basically a great running city. So I'd bring, bring my running shoes, and a lot of my coworkers and I would go out for runs. And, um, you weren't running away from the athletes? No. No. I was running around them. Um, <laughs> no, it was, that was my source of exercise. So I do love it. I swim still. I love bike rides. A lot of my exercise sort of floats around uh, social activities. So I'll do girls' nights, bike rides, date night bike rides. My husband and I run on a Sunday afternoon and then go have br- we'll all have brunch afterwards. My daughter's done a 5K. My daughter, who is six has now done two 5Ks. She did one when she was five and one when she was six. I all She wanted to do it. Really? She was like, you wake me up, Mom. It was on 4th of July. And uh, she ran every single step of it. it so that, that competitive gene it's in that, my that you've passed that along? Yeah. You see, you, I see it in her. I totally recognize it. It's very interesting. Who's more competitive, you or your husband? Being both Olympic athletes. I know. That's interesting. Um... Equally, I think. Equally. It depends on the sport and the activity or the card game. Um, <laughs> Who talks more trash? I do. Are you kidding? <laughs> I totally do. Absolutely. Now, do you have to rein in that competitiveness from the, for the kids at any point? Or do you just um, say... Yeah, that's a great question because I'm a huge fan of... Um, of sort of, of not containing or, or uh, putting out that competitive fire, but but sort of managing it. And I think that that um, what the what I have to do with my kids is remind them about the humble winners and the humble losers, and um, and that's something that that I think right now in their stage of sports is the most important thing to teach them how to be a good teammate and how to deal with both those things. I mean, they, they are so fired up when they score a goal or if they win a game. And I'm super excited for them when they win, but I'm also very focused on making sure that they congratulate the other team and there's good sportsmanship. Do they swim or they're not in yes. the school? Yes, my daughter, you should see my daughter. She's so cute. 
she uh, swims and she gets so excited and so nervous about each race. And she, I have to tell her 20 times what the event is. 25 freestyle. Okay. What does freestyle look again? Look like again. And then I'll do the freestyle. Move. Okay. And then her favorite race is the 100 IM. And uh, it's so cute. She's We can't leave the meet until she's done the 100 IM, even if it's like it's dark outside. Um, and we, my husband has to stand at one end and I stand at the other. And so I'll remind her what stroke she starts with. And then she'll touch the wall and look up at my husband and he'll go, backstroke. What does that look like? <laughs> and then she'll push off and I'll say breaststroke. So it's really cute. It's such a fun, I, I'm at a really fun stage of parenting right now. I would have thought your kids would have been born underwater. Yes, right? No. no. In a hospital. In a hospital. Not underwater. Not underwater. Do you let your kids compete against each other? My wife, my 8-year-old and 7-year-old, they're both girls. They both swim. And I have them swim against each other. My wife goes, I don't want to compete against each other. So she won't let them race. I let them race. She says it's not good that I'm competing against each other. I, you know, I don't have two of the same sex. So I have an older girl, younger boy. Um, I... I feel like I got a lot out of racing against my brother, who is two and a half years older than me. So again, a different sex, I think, can be difficult. Two girls racing against each other. I don't know what to say, except for it can only make them better, and it can only give you an opportunity to teach those valuable lessons. About again. winning and losing, competing. Yeah. And, and they, what's so cool they'll about still hate, swimming... They'll still hate each other when they're yeah. teenagers, right? What's so cool about swimming, honestly, though, is that it's all time-based. So, yes, there are the ribbons at the end of the meet, but as long as you keep focusing on those times and you keep bettering your times, then you have small little achievements along the way to keep it going, keep the motivation. I went to my first meet last year because the 7- or 8-year-old was swimming. I didn't realize how competitive this is in the timing. They've got one-timer holding it, a backup timer, they've got plungers that stop it, and then they've got the official times. I'm like, this hey, is like the Olympics. The times are important, okay? <laughs> kids pop I teach all these kids, because so many of the kids just want to pop out and get their ribbon, and I'll always remind them you need to check out your time. What was your time? It's so important for them to learn what they should expect for the, from their time so that they have another, another thing to focus on besides the winning and the losing. But again, I love the idea that there's a first place winner, second place, third place, and on down. I, I mean, I think you have to have something to shoot for, and it's great when you see a kid that's competitive and wants to win, and it's great when you see a kid competitive and really out that they didn't. It's just managing that. Other than promoting helmet safety for bicyclists, what else do you have going on these days? I am working for the Pac-12 network. You mentioned Ronnie Lott. Uh, Rick Neuheisel, Ronnie Lott, and myself are the faces of the Pac-12 network. You know, it's that conference out west. You heard of it? I'm going. You remember it was a Pac-8. Yeah, I'm going. Rick Neuheisel, Ronnie Lott, Summer Sanders. Okay. One of these is not like the other. I know. Well, very obviously the bread and butter of of the network is the football. Right. Um, and that's because it's right now. And it's amazing. If you look at the Pac-12, we've got Oregon, Oregon State, USC, Stanford, Arizona State. I mean, all these teams that uh, are ranked, if not ranked yet, they're going to you know, have the potential to be ranked at the end of the season. So it's a really, it's a really cool time. So what do you do? I, X's I just, and O's? I was just there yesterday. Well, not for football, though I love <laughs> football. Um, but I've, I've been a TV host for the past 20 years, so I've been hosting shows for longer than, I, longer than I've been uh, a swimmer and an athlete. It's what I love to do, and that's what I do for them. Now, when you go around places, do people 
especially school-age kids, know you as the swimmer? Do they know you as the TV hostess? You know what's so funny? One of the kids from this school recognized me from a show that I did on the Cooking Network. The guy, it was Guy versus Rachel, Celebrity Cook-Off. So I never know how kids are going to recognize me, but there is a definite generation. They're about 20 to 26 right now that if they come up to me and recognize me, I know where they recognize me from. And it's from a show called Figure It Out that I hosted on Nickelodeon where I would slime kids. It was on 5.30 every single weekday, and all these kids ate dinner too. It was, I'm so honored. I mean, it was really, it was a very strong, uh, it it had a strong audience, a a very strong audience. And so now they're 20 to 26, and it's so cool. When they see me, it's like, I know their wheels are spinning, and they're like, Oh my gosh, I just turned into a 12-year-old again. One final question. Have you ever figured out what you want to be when you grow up, if you grow up? (laughs) When I grow up, I want to be the person that gets to rate all resorts and travel amenities around the world. I love to travel. I've always traveled with my kids. Um, I love seeing the world, so when I grow up, I want to be that person that gets to experience all of it. The guy doing it now is kind of ready to retire, I think. Robin Leach. Oh, right. Lifestyles of the Rich Richard and Famous. Famous. There we go. There you go. We'll look for you. Thank you. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks. Wow, that was a fun experience, I have to tell you. David and I having the chance to sit down and talk with Summer Sanders for as long as we did. A once-in-a-lifetime experience, but we hope to do it again sometime. Stay tuned. Coming up, New York Giants Pro Football Hall of Famer, Harry Carson. You're listening to Sports and Torts on TalkZone.com.